Hello, this is Mary. And this is Chandler. And this is JoJo. And you're listening to The Miss Fisher Files. Welcome back. Today we have a special episode, and it's a Miss FisherCon 2018 recap. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk about our weekend at Miss Fisher Con. It was quite a weekend. It was a wild ride. Yeah, it was. And it was only like two days, I guess two and a half days. So Was it only two days? Right? <laughs> so it was officially, it was June 28th through 30th, 2018 in Portland, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon. Um, and I guess, yeah, the 28th is when we got there. And I suppose we left on the first, right? Yeah. The Sunday, yeah. It feels, you know, it was, I think we traveled for four days, right? We traveled down. They had a reception on Thursday night for us to meet and greet. And then we had Friday and Saturday at the con and then the return home on Sunday. Um, And I know a lot of folks there were traveling from all over the world. It was amazing. That was a really international crowd. Because there was folks from Norway, New Zealand... Quebec? Am I remembering this all correctly? Uh, UK? Uh, Toronto? So we... It was... Because we came down from... Uh, we're in Seattle and Tacoma, which is about mm, three hours north of Portland. Um, so we got a nice little uh, car trip down, and I had packed a little uh, a basket of provisions <laughs> a la Mr. Butler. It was adorable. Uh, Mr. Butler would be so proud I was, of you. I was, I was really proud of myself. <laughs> it was really of cute. the things I had found in my home to pack. It yeah, was, and you packed them in mason jars. It yeah, mason adorable. jars and the uh, lovely little handkerchiefs to wrap things around things <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it was, it was actually, it was nice to have that little car trip down. It was four of us who traveled down, uh, and chatting about what we anticipated from the weekend. Mary, what's your key takeaways from Miss Fisher Con? There is a lot. There's a lot. A lot to process. My brain is still very full of all of the things that I learned, but I think it's mostly the feeling of just joy. Yeah. And experiencing this group of people who love something so much they travel to get together with other people who love it. There's just something really wonderful about that. And that's what I found last year um, when we went to Vegas and, and there were about 60 people at that one. And it was just a joyous event. It was everybody getting to revel in this thing that they love. And this year it was twice as big. So we had twice as many people who love this show, and just getting to be in that energy was pretty amazing. Well, I think it's also, we have the energy of, like, the Kickstarter and the movies coming Mm -hmm. out, and it's, you know, the first year felt really special because it was the first, and it was, like you said, it was 60 people, but it was, like, um, you had this really awesome opportunity to meet 60 people who had a shared interest with you, and this year it was just, like, people were just more passionate, and it seemed more, they were more excited, and... You know, we should be moving farther away from this fandom, and the fandom should be should be waning at this right. point since the series hasn't been on television for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet, and yet, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, like my lasting impression is very similar, but I also I think this year I was really struck by how smart this fandom is. Oh, yeah. Right, like how really how. Like, the kind of humans who were drawn to this fandom are a very intelligent group of, mm-hmm. of people. And you really got to see that play out in uh, the presenters. Or maybe not, just, just an, I shouldn't say intelligent, I should say, like, really fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of really fascinating backgrounds of people who attend the con and speak at the con and help plan the con. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of my lasting impression this year. The, the panelists are really interesting. The yeah. panelists themselves were should, a fascinating... Okay, should we Should we dump... Should, I mean, should we dump? Should we brain dump? Should we jump into, like, the panels? I think so. I think we need some what sort was, of... Okay, what was your favorite panel? Oh, that is hard. Um, that is a very hard thing to determine. I think, though, 
It, okay, it's a toss-up between Egyptomania and the sociology of Miss Fisher. Yes. The two panels I think you're referring to are the first one, the archaeology pharaohs and Miss Fisher Egyptmania in the 1920s. And I want to talk about that mm -hmm. for sure. And the other one was called the sociology of Miss Fisher. Um, and the, I think this is where, like, you and I started to see, like, oh, the people who are presenting at this conference are professors and PhD holders and PhD candidates and like at the top of their field mm -hmm. uh, who have an interest in this show. And I loved, I loved that panel on, on Egypt mania. And I loved how it was structured. It was structured. It was two presenters. It was uh, Dr. Amanda Groff and Jennifer Branson who came, I believe from, uh, where were they? Central Florida. Okay. Yes, yeah, somewhere okay. in Florida, um, and they did their panel in two parts. The first part, um, they talked a little bit about the back their backgrounds um, and a specific dig site that they worked on, um, digging up actual mummies in actual mm -hmm. Egypt, and that's when I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, I'm absolutely <laughs> fascinated in everything. And she warned us, she's like, there'll be pictured of pictures of human remains in this presentation. But, like, how wonderful to hear about, like, women actually doing this work. Now, here's a picture of a mummy I actually dug up. I know. Here is an earring we found. Here is the ear <laughs> that is still attached to said earring. Yeah. I was the only person, I think, in that crowd who, like, pumped my fist in the air in jo <laughs> of joy when they were showing us, like, this is real. Like, people are still doing this right. work. Um, which I thought was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I love that fans of this show were able to talk about what they do within the context of yeah. the show. So, like, they gave further background to the show in their yeah. various ways. Like, here's what we actually do uh, as modern women. Um, uh, Dr. Groff, uh, I went and looked up a little bit more about her. Um, her main area of research utilizes stable isotopes to determine migration and mobility of ancient individuals. Like, what a sexy sentence. Wow. Yeah. And then her, the other presenter, um, Jennifer, talked a little bit more about Egyptmania and sort of the fads or interests in Egypt and how we see that play out in different area, eras of history, um, especially the 1920s. And she gave reference to like Art Deco and things even in Phryne's home, mm -hmm. um, which was really great context. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it. I thought that was great. It was that was a fantastic panel. Yeah. It was almost like it was almost like in three parts. So like here's a little bit about our research in the background of actual digs. And here's some history of Egypt mania and like people's interest in this era. And then also here's specific references from that one episode of Miss Fisher <laughs> King King Memsi's Curse where we will even break down like what's myth and what's fiction and they did their own research to try to be like okay of course this is a made up uh king memses is made up but here's who we think that that they were trying to reference or they were referencing when they made up this fictional history like kudos to them mm -hmm. a plus 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 oh yeah it was really interesting so it was it was really cool and i think um also they made reference to carlene Darnell, who's an oh, Egyptologist, yeah. who dresses by day and during work in 1920s fashion, like, all the time. And I followed her on Twitter or Instagram. Instagram no, yeah. I and, and, like, she followed me during Ooh. the weekend, and I was like, this is, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> to have, like, a professor talk about this basically real-life Franny Fisher, like, she's got a short black bob, she is beautiful and she dresses in true vintage fashion and so she's like out on these dig sites in Egypt wearing these fashions and then she follows me <laughs> <laughs> thank you miss fisher con yeah her it, her feed is amazing on instagram and it's it's vintage underscore egyptologist yes i believe that is correct okay. yes. do yourself a favor check out her feed it is amazing. She, what I love is like, yes, she is an archaeologist. She's going out to these remote places, but she is doing it in such great style. Yes. And knows her audience and like is also giving lessons on various aspects of what she does while dressed in these amazing 
outfits and like in these places. It's just incredible. Yeah, you can definitely find a lot about uh, that woman, Colleen, on on the internet. There's a bunch of articles about her. Um, but I also just really love the two presenters, and I'm glad that they referenced her. Like, I learned a lot. I didn't know this this uh, vintage Egyptologist existed. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and I think the other panel you talked about was um, the sociology of Miss Fisher. Uh, and that was Lauren McDonald and uh, Nyla Huck, I believe is her name. Um, and they came up, ooh, which college were they from? In California. Uh, Laura McDonald, I think, is a professor of sociology at California State. Okay. And um, I believe uh, Nyla is down at UCLA, but I may be okay. incorrect. What did you like about that panel? Because I'll tell you what I like, but I want to hear from you <sighs> first. First of all, I just was blown away to be at a fan convention where a worksheet is passed out that has intersectionality at the top. And like, and with Miss Fisher logos and all of the art. Well, they definitely like, like, yeah. There's like an Art Deco worksheet that just says intersectionality at the top, and that's the thing that we walked back into when we sat down at our conference room tables, which sort of sort of set up the expectations of what was going to happen during this panel. Um, and uh, and I remember actually I took a a picture of one of their beginning slides because they talked about a brief history of representation of women in TV and film from a feminist perspective, which definitely got a lot of high fives. So it's kind of like, I would say like feminist film and TV 101. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they went into sort of the sociology of Miss Fisher and they talked about gender and sexuality, race and ethnicity and social class. And that was all to kind of set up uh, and ask for us to do uh, activity about intersectionality, which was really just an opportunity for us to like analyze a moment from Miss Fisher from some of the perspectives that we had talked about. And we were at the same table. Mm-hmm. And so we actually had a really interesting conversation about like um, class and sex work and religion and that and that how that plays out in Miss Fisher, specifically with, Dot and her sister Lola. Mm-hmm. So, I just loved that. So you know, this podcast talks about it all the time, where we get to sort of analyze the things that they do right and the things that they analyze and the things that they talk about. But this panel also talked a little bit about the things that maybe don't go so right, right. or some of the mistakes that maybe the filmmakers have made. Um, uh, or at least we have a discussion about mm-hmm. it. And I love that it was through the lens of, like, it is okay for us to enjoy these problematic products of pop culture as long as we're doing it with a critical lens. She talked about Scully, too. Yes! Towards the beginning, and I loved her line. There's no proven Scully-to-stem pipeline, but a number of women have claimed that they went into the STEM field, a STEM field. Yeah, she talked about the Scully effect and she also sort of compared it to what's the Phryne effect. Mm -hmm. And the Scully effect might be a real thing. So she said that quote, but I'm like, actually, there is some data to support. And she even talked about that, that there's um, actually a study done by the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media about the Scully effect because so many people have been talking about it and they're like, let's actually back this up. And the idea is how many women were inspired to go into STEM fields because of Scully. And of these like 2,000 people who participated in this study, 63% said, I was inspired by Scully, which is pretty significant. Yeah, that's a big number. That you're seeing that like more women got involved into these fields because of a pop culture character. So if there is yeah. a Scully effect, what's the Franny effect going to be? <laughs> The, the older I get, the more I recognize how much representation matters. Yeah. And, yeah, and those numbers are pretty clear. It really does make a difference. So yeah, and I was, what? I mean, I'm, we're big X-Files fangirls, so it was nice. And I love the, the, the phrasing of it with the Phryne effect. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, I can tell you what the effect is, has been on me, but what is it going to be in the next 10 years to be this sort of idea of, like, I'm we're in our 40s. Mm-hmm. We both just turned 40. And we get to sort of celebrate that instead of shrink away from it. Right. And I've talked to so many women who have said some version of, I never would have done this before I found 
Miss Fisher. Yeah. And so, I don't know, that already, I think there is a Franny effect, and it's really going to be interesting to see sort of, cult, like, the larger cultural impact. Yeah. How many more people can we turn on How to Miss Fisher? I know. Um, but I also, in that panel, you you were quoted. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this podcast was quoted. <laughs> it was so... You were cited. I was cited. You and Chandler were I cited. Think, you know, I actually think it might have been Chandler more than me, but the... Um, Slide came up about the unfortunate end scene of Framed for Murder, yep. the uh, movie one, and it's, uh, I've really tried, I tried to repress the scene, but, but yes, um, she was referencing how just unfortunate it was, and how sort of out of character for the show, for a show that has really tried to be very sensitive. Yeah. Um, and so I was taking a picture of the slide to send to Chandler, and I hadn't even read it yet. And then she started going through the bullets, and I was like, oh my goodness, that is us. That is our podcast Yay. being referenced by professors. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> New Miss Fisher level unlocked. Well, they also, it goes to speak to how the con and the fandom and this podcast are not hiding away from some of the things that are hard to talk about mm -hmm. that we're talking about them and we're actually trying to say well why is it problematic to have a black nameless man who's only a body also who's in shackles like why is that a problem mm -hmm. um and it was nice to have it acknowledged and discussed you know it's also there's a disadvantage right where we have there's only so much time and this panel was like it was truly sociology 101 and sort of feminist pop culture 101 all jammed into less than an hour and a half and so you couldn't really fully investigate or dive into everything mm -hmm. which is i think why it was nice to have that intersectionality uh activity right. to at least start that work right to be like okay now you start to talk to mm -hmm. each other about some of these different ways to look at issues that are being presented in Miss Fisher. Mm -hmm. Kudos to those two presenters. I know. It was fantastic. They did such a great job. Yeah. My brain, I'm telling you, my brain was so full by the end of the oh, first day. Yeah. <laughs> that first day, because uh, we should also acknowledge, so like we were a part of the con in a lot of ways as the podcast. So we did the celebrity interview and we did uh, participated in judging the masquerade. And then I produced a burlesque show and you pretty much were a co-producer of that show. I, I guess yes. so. Um, so I feel like we definitely had a lot going on. <laughs> couple, couple things. So yeah. we we admit admittedly we missed some things because of that. Like we missed some we missed some amazing panels. Is there any panel or or anything that you really wish that you could have done? There are several. Um, I unfortunately couldn't go to the Literary Sisters panel. Oh, I got to go to that one. Oh, that's right. Tell yes, us about yes, it. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Sisterhood is powerful. The Honorable Miss Fisher and her Literary Sisters. Um, the presenter, another amazing presenter, we haven't even talking about, talked about her, uh, Pamela Smith-Hill, who is an author, and she did a New York Times bestseller about Laura Ingalls Wilder, Wilder, Laura Ingalls Wilder? Wilder. <laughs> um, uh, a pioneer girl, uh, an, annotated, an annotated autobiography, so she went and looked back at Laura Ingalls Wilder and actually dove into more, and uh, it sounds like a really interesting book. Um, but she did a presentation sort of comparing and contrasting um, uh, Franny and other literary heroines uh, that might have some similarities or even differences. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. Um, and it was also nice to be like, we're kind of going all over the place with these panels. Like, we've got Egypt mania hmm. and we have sociology and now we're going to talk about literature because how can we not ignore that Franny is a, a literary character mm -hmm. as well. Um, and she, uh, I think that was a really great panel. Yeah, it was really good. Good. I'm um, glad you got to go to it. Well, um, was there anything that you missed that you really wanted to see? I am sad. I pretty much missed almost everything on uh, the Saturday mm. because I was preparing for the burlesque show. Um, I did get to see the sex, yes, please, sex positivity in the Fisherverse. We should totally talk about yes, that. Yes, we should. But I did miss some of the afternoon panels. 
of one of which was a dinner party with Friday classic cocktails and recipes. So cool. I know. What a great idea. Um, and it looks like they, you know, those panelists, I think, talked about uh, era cocktails and era uh, food that you can make. And um, I'm, I, I really hope that it sort of demystified some of it and made it simple. Because hmm. um, just I got the impression from those presenters who I did not personally get to meet, that they really understand the like modern modern vintage and making it accessible. Hmm. Um, you know, much like how like Chandler uh, lives her life, right? That right. there's a lot of stuff where she's like figuring out how to do uh, vintage things in a modern world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been so awesome to sit there with Chandler. I know. <laughs> To Chandler. get like her like her like excitement over things and her like tiny bit of subtle shade maybe on a few <laughs> on a few things of like oh that's not how you do that right, you right. know <laughs> that's not period accurate. that's not period accurate <laughs> or you know I would have loved to have sit through that panel with Chandler oh. so Chandler we missed you we miss Chandler a lot we should acknowledge uh, that I uh, I got to fill the uh, the shoes of Chandler at the uh, pecan. <laughs> Uh, Wait. With podcast related. Did you just say pecan? Pecan. Let's just edit that part out. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I was very fortunate to be able to participate in podcast activities on behalf of Chandler, but everybody missed Chandler. Like, so many people came up and were like, oh, Chandler's not here. Yeah. At some point, I started to feel kind of bad about it. I'm like, no, "No, I am not Chandler. I never can be. No, you are JoJo, and uh, everyone sang happy birthday to you. That's true. Like, you were saluted. You were much loved. So, you are, what have we said? You're like the the touring cast. Yes, I Fisher Files podcast. Yes, I am the tu- I am the touring um, the Broadway touring cast mm-hmm. of the Miss Fisher Files podcast, uh, and yeah. a frequent contributor. Yes, it was, but awesome. it was Chandler was very missed. It was very exciting to participate in the activities for the podcast, which included interviewing Ruby Reese, yeah, one of the actresses um, from Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. She played Jane, the orphan ward, the orphan ward, um, and she was so. Wonderful. She could not have been more delightful. Yes. And so well-spoken, so much insight into why people love this show, I think, and um, also just what it's like to be a woman in film. Yes. You know, she came from all the way from Australia by way of New York, where she stopped off for a little while. Um, and it was really fascinating just to get to know her, even as, like, a person. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like we had some personal time with her. And I feel like a lot of the con attendees might tell that same story. She made herself really approachable. Uh, she's very intelligent, very outgoing. Um, and we got to interview her in front of everyone. But, like, there's some things that she said that were just so astute that I wish at... Uh, in my 20s, that I had had that much, uh, like, strength of character and poise. And, yes, she's a trained performer, and she comes from a a performing background. Like, we found out that her parents were actors and, like, did some weird vampire dinner theater thing. And I was like... Anthony Sharp's family. Anthony Sharp's family, yeah. (laughs) Which I love. Or with Anthony, I think. Was it with him? Yeah. And it was like, oh, you were raised by vampires? Please tell me more. (laughs) She was she was a hoot and I'm mm-hmm. so glad. And she came to the burlesque show and I she know. was dying during the burlesque show. She was dying. I was sitting behind her and it was so fun. And I'm trying not to be creepy producer. I mean, <laughs> I watch everyone during the show and it was delightful to occasionally like glance up and to see the table that she was sitting at, which was up front, like really enjoying themselves. And she wanted to talk to the performers after the show. And like she marched herself right up on stage and like gotten a big cast picture, which we had not planned on. It was so cool. It was really special. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was wonderful. Just the best person to have at this con, I think. And also to hear about like her, her future goals, mm-hmm. like as a writer, as a director, as a filmmaker. She's working on uh, a film project herself. She's been doing some fundraising for it, and her goal is to have an entire cast and crew of female-identified um, persons. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And I, I'm looking forward to sort of what she creates mm-hmm. in the film industry as well. Yeah. She is well on her way, I think. She. I also was just so impressed by how... Um, much of a resume she already has. She's in her early 20s. Yeah. She's already done 
what film, TV, stage, stage um, voiceover work. She's a writer. She's a director. Like I got was like I did a little research and I was really impressed by everything she's done. Mm-hmm. And I also was impressed by her genuine interest in this con and not yeah. treating it like a joke or a frivolous thing. Um, so thank you, Ruby, for spending time with us, with everyone. Yeah. She um, was, you were so generous with your time and just listening to everybody and talking to them. That will be, those will be memories that people take with them. Well, I also feel like the fans are pretty respectful too, yeah. right? Giving mm-hmm. her space and also asking, do you mind if we can take a picture? And it is still a small fandom convention. So you do get that personal interaction with if there happens to be a celebrity guest. Uh, hopefully, if it happens again, they'll be able to invite somebody else. Because mm-hmm. the first year, it was uh, Sess and Bert, the two actors. And Travis McMahon and Anthony Sharp. Yes. And they uh, were really fun. They were fun. They were also very generous with their time. Yes. And, yeah, hung out but I think people. it's also, they were like, who are these crazy ladies? <laughs> and they were in Las Vegas, so it has a whole yeah. different vibe. Very and true. this was at uh, the Embassy Suites in Portland, which is a hotel... It's a historic hotel. Like, I had fun researching it. I felt like I was Chandler. <laughs> and so I researched it before I went. It was and a gorgeous yeah. building. Like the lobby had these columns and with gold detail. And, yeah, I thought of Chandler so many times. Like, Chandler, tell me about this thing and why is this? And But also, weirdly, so this was the Embassy Suites, but there was an M on yeah. the columns. There was an M on the not columns. for Embassy Suites. But. No, it was not for <laughs> Embassy Suites. It was for the Multnomah Hotel, which ah. was built in 1912. And it was considered at the time one of the largest and most modern hotels in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I even went farther and found things like John F. Kennedy had given an impromptu speech from one of the balconies at some point. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, at some point it had one of the first women's only smoking rooms. So oh, wow. of the first. So maybe a little progressive <laughs> in whatever era that had happened in. Um, so, like, it was kind of perfect. It looked perfect. Yeah. You walked into the lobby, and it was very grand and had been uh, refurbished beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, like, seeing everyone walking around and their, like, vintage perfect outfits everywhere that people were going, like, it felt perfect. It really did. We should talk about the clothes oh, that people oh wear. My gosh. <laughs> we should talk about as Ruby Ruby mocked me and it was great and she we were doing the uh, the masquerade and she got up and she's like oh I like this outfit because as JoJo said ah oh, fashion fashion perfect <laughs> I was like do I talk like that yeah <laughs> yeah she okay. captured that very well fashion, fashion. that was really funny um, yeah. The outfits are amazing. They're yes, there incredible. is a masquerade and people get to participate and wear like a special outfit, but just everything. Yeah. Everything. Well, watching what people were doing before the con, so there was a hashtag and I yes. think it's this is how I Friny. Oh, is it really? There was also, like, there was Miss Fisher Con hashtag and Miss Fisher Con 2008, or Miss Fisher Con 18. But there was a specific one where you could show, like, either what you were packing or what you were making, and it was so fun. I admit, I also was on Instagram looking at what people were packing and planning on wearing. and... And just, once again, like, it's such a joyful thing. These people are putting so much time and effort and love into these costumes that they're going to bring to this thing. And so you get there and it's just like a room full of people who absolutely love what they're doing, where they are and this group. And they want to ask you about it and they want to talk to you about it. Oh, and, and they're also very talented. That's the other thing. Very talented seamstresses. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am not, and I don't own or wear much 1920s wear. And so like, I still felt really comfortable. Like, there's people in jeans and t-shirts, and there's, like, me, where I decided to do my sort of normal JoJo style, which some days is, like, friny caftan, and then other days is, like, friny 1950s heart sunglasses. Like... (laughs) What did you call it? Friny, fraggle, bag lady? Yeah, I'm a fraggle, and I'm a bag lady, and I'm also friny. Yes, that was the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was a good description. And you're a pizza fan... Was perfect. Yeah. Just sort of completed the If you have thing. a little fan and it's got pizza on it, that's yeah. friny, right? And that's it's friny warm. style. It's warm in that room, in that yeah. room. So. It was, you know, like, the masquerade was awesome. There were three categories. There was um, haute couture, pret-a-porter, and uh, ensemble. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have any standouts that you remember? Oh. You don't have to remember people's names. No, there were just the amount of detail and time and love that went into all of these costumes was incredible. And um, I think at least one person sort of picked up sewing again in order to put together her costume for this. And which again goes to the Phryne effect. Like what has Phryne led you to do that you previously wouldn't have? So um, I don't even know where to start, honestly. This was, it was a really hard thing to judge because they were all so good. Yeah, it was, it was, the, it was the two of us and Ruby who were judging it. And you know, the handmade costumes, like I felt like that's why Honestly, I wish Chandler could have been there yeah. because she really understood. Mm -hmm. But Ruby did too because she's worked with the people making the costumes for the show. So she knew Marion Boyce. And so uh, she really actually had pushed for the person who got sort of top honors, um, uh, Laura, who is on Instagram. You can find her pretty easy. Um, uh, what is Winter's her? lore. Winter's lore. Is it winter's dot lore? Let me actually, I, at winter's dot lore, um, she does a lot of sort of cosplay, a lot of it's sort of Disney cosplay, and she does a lot of vintage styling, and she's a really fun person mm -hmm. to follow on Instagram. Yeah, her feed is great. But, and she also did the oh, yeah. class about... Uh, underwear from the 1900s to the 1930s, which was beautifully researched mm -hmm. about outerwear and then undergarments and like why, why underwear? <laughs> well, and it's evolution too, yeah. which is fascinating. She also had some pieces with her. Yeah. And she was wearing some pieces that she would show us. She like hiked up her dress at one point. Look Gosh, at I love a person who'll show you their knickers yep. for the sake of education. <laughs> We were well uh, no, educated. Yeah, yeah, her outfit was very impressive. And then I was impressed. I was like, that looks so hard. Like, oh. it looked so complicated. And she made it by hand, and it was beautiful. And I guarantee it was from a vintage pattern. Right, yeah. Um, I also loved the excitement that people had. Like, people strut through that, or they do, like, mini performances. There was a woman <laughs> who, I cannot remember what she called her, uh, her costume, but it was like a, a Phryne of a, a particular age. And she was a woman, I think, in her 60s mm -hmm. or 70s even. 60s or 70s. And she was there with her daughter, and she, we gave her an honorable mention just because she had so much confidence. And it was a silver-haired Phryne. Mm -hmm. uh, she wore her real, she had her real hair out. She did not have a black bob wig on. And I remember her daughter came up to us afterwards. She's like, she is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> she rocked it. She really did. Yeah, I think it was like a fry, uh, older Phryne out on the town yes. was the title of her her entry, and yeah, it was her attitude yeah. as she sauntered by and like around the and room. I think maybe and her, just... she was a performer at some point. Oh, that's right. Her daughter told us that and she yeah. hadn't done it in like decades, Ugh. and we're like, she's fun to watch. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, she got an honorary. Yes, award. I wish I could remember everyone because everyone no. was really impressive. And the adventuresses had an entry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They were the women from the episode about female hysteria, and they had their, like, Martha Graham diaphanous gowns, and they had, like, a brown case that possibly held a vintage vibrator, and they sort of waltzed their way up on stage and posed, and it was just so, funny. in a total spirit of, uh -huh. like, what we wanted to have happen. Right. That was really fun. Yeah. So, yeah, they were, like, um, pastel satin togas yes raptors. so yeah and they're just like i don't even know dancing around kind of yes and, and they so had them funny. hidden they had like robes yeah. on yeah i love a good reveal i love that a good reveal, a good reveal. so they were because they were in charge of running the event so they came <laughs> and they had like satin robes and like were had hidden their costumes until it was time to do the masquerade um and that was great uh we should give a shout out to the planning committee. Oh, the yeah. Adventuresses. Adventuresses. Oh my goodness. The folks that make this happen. Thank you so much. We love you. Yeah, thank you. I this this is a labor of love through and through. Nobody's making money. This is taking time away, you know, out of your normal life. It yeah. is taking a lot of time and effort to put these this together, but it is so wonderful. It's such a great gathering place for I mean, I, I have found it to be a balm to my soul. <laughs> In these trying um, times. In these trying times. So to have this opportunity to gather with other women and just geek out over this thing that makes me feel better about life 
and they put that together. They made that happen. So, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I would also, like, it's something about, like, you, I go to fandom cons. I'm, I participate in conventions often and this one it was really nice to see the planners enjoying themselves yeah and smiling and no one ever seemed stressed out and if they were they didn't show it like and that really i think helps everybody else have a great time mm -hmm. well and they get to be together too because yes. this is a group that communicates a lot online and yeah i mean they're in constant communication but not in real life yeah, and, that's, and wasn't it started so, because they all wanted to get together? So they had become so. friends through the magic of the internet mm -hmm. and social media and online forums. And I think that's important for us to say, like, they've become a nonprofit now. And if you attend the con, you, bec con, you become a member of the Adventuresses, of, of the Adventuresses of America, so of the, the Americas. Club of, of the, the Americas. Americas. Uh, and I think their primary activity as a nonprofit is to plan Miss FisherCon, mm -hmm. which is awesome. It is. So there was also, because they formed this nonprofit, you have to then have an annual meeting. And so that was um, over lunch on Saturday. The annual meeting happened. And the main thing on the agenda was deciding where Miss FisherCon 2019 was going to be held. So they actually had divided the U.S. into five different regions. And everybody voted on which region they wanted it to be in next year, which I thought was a very democratic way of doing it. Um, not too surprisingly, the East Coast and West Coast tied. And so um, there's like a runoff ballot. I still am not sure who won. But um, also, I don't really care. Like, I'll we'll go wherever. I'll go where it is. Yeah. Yes. Have Franny obsession will travel. Will travel. <laughs> I will try. And, you know, there is. You know, I was very busy this last con, this last con because I was producing the burlesque show, and the thing that I actually regret was not being able to sit down and really meet more people. Mm -hmm. There was this one woman, Austin, who was a local. I hope she's listening. You were wonderful. I got to meet her. Um, she had an awesome Art Deco Harry Potter tattoo. Oh. Um, she showed up kind of early to the theater when the cast was eating dinner and I was like, we have leftover food, come eat with us. <laughs> so like it was, I, that's what I really value about going to these kind of events is the interactions that you have with other people. And it was awesome to see so many people I recognized from the first year, mm -hmm. but I kind of regret not having more time with people. I and know. there's only so much you can do. Yeah, it really there's is. There's only so much you can jam also, in. like I'm an introvert and this was exhausting. Yes. It was really fun and I loved meeting everybody but it was like whoo this is a lot of interaction well you and I are, are the most extroverted of our little uh our little room quad <laughs> and I will say that our other t uh, two companions who came along for the con they're way more introverted and I still think they had an enjoyable oh, yeah. experience like there's ways to kind of temper it if you're mm -hmm. thinking about going yeah and you're like I just can't handle it like right. there's there's ways to still enjoy it and interact on your own terms right. there is something for everyone at this I I loved meeting everybody I mean or those that I was able to meet um, and there are just so many fascinating people yeah and they were telling me about what they you know and you're like what do you do in real life and um, the woman who won oh, I can't remember if it's haute couture or the pret-a-porter um, it was the swan dive oh, yeah, outfit. Oh, yeah, It was, like, a blue suit with, I think like... she was the honorable mention. Okay. Yes. Um, she, her name is Kitty Feldy, and she has been a public radio announcer for, like, 20 years. What? And has this podcast called Book Club for Kids, which I started what? listening to, and it's really awesome. Oh, that's amazing. And it's sort of, like, Reading Rainbow, but... Yeah. But different, but kind of the same idea of like kids talking about these books that they love. But yeah, here's this lady at this con, and you get to talk, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible. fascinating. You're amazing. We're all Friday. We're all <laughs> we fascinating. Are all We're all yes. Friday. Um, uh, my one of my favorite memories from the con is my mother, Vicky, turned sixty five and came and saw my burlesque show, Aww. and my aunt came with her as well. And my aunt who's someone who I, from a young age, learned uh, the fine art of, like, crazy costuming. <laughs> I think she did her first cosplay. She came dressed as Aunt Prudence. That was so it great. It was so great. And it was, like, really nice to... My mom's seen burlesque before, but I think this was a really wonderful experience because as her turning 65, she was clearly... She was not the youngest person there, and there was other people her age, and it was a, a mature audience of mostly women mm -hmm. um, or 
female identified humans and there was something really awesome about the energy like the performers kept talking about like oh my god the energy from this crowd was amazing and it's burlesque performers you have to feed off of that they could like they're like we could literally feel it in the dressing room under the stage. I do not doubt this at yeah. all. This was their audience. Then, like, uh, the host, Rebecca M. Davis, who played Aunt Prudence. Oh, so good. Talked about, like, she's like, they got every line. They got every joke. And that's such a treat. Like, mm-hmm. every reference to Guy, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Butler <laughs> eating the fudge. Like, mm-hmm. every joke that she had, they ate up. Yeah. And that was really cool. Um, the, like, the context of the show is that it's taking place at women's ho- uh, fundraiser for Women's Hospital of Melbourne. So it's like Aunt Prudence is doing one of her society fundraising events and that she's having reminiscences about things that she remembers, thus the burlesque acts get to be all those things, which is really fun. Um, but we also had to, we got to invite Planned Parenthood who participated in the event. And considering what's happening politically and what had happened that week with the Supreme Court announcement, it was really wonderful to be in a room of like-minded women who are thinking about how important women's health is mm-hmm. and we, women's reproductive rights and that got to be in the content of our burlesque show which is also really important to the content of miss fisher and for me it was such a nice way to end the weekend it was a celebration yeah and everyone looked great oh everyone yeah. was happy and everyone cheering was, i know yeah it was so fun it was worth it like i was exhausted i could barely <laughs> secret after the show i could barely walk <laughs> that was like miss fisher con hurt my body a lot <laughs> uh, but it was definitely worth it Ugh, that was that was such a great way to end it is there anything that we haven't touched upon um, from the panels? There are so many things. There uh, was, you know, we unfortunately missed the panel on writing, um, but I want those folks to know if they're listening that I did during that time write checks to the performers. So <laughs> thank you for the helping me with that. You were writing. You were writing. Um, there was a panel on uh, sex positivity. Uh, yes. Um, that was really great. Was we got really we good. both got to meet briefly. I don't know. I got to meet Cunning Minks briefly. Did you get yes, to meet Cunning Minks? Yes, I did. Minx? The next day at breakfast. I got uh, to talk to her for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she has been doing for since like 2005. 13 years. A podcast. 13 years. Yeah. That is like podcast royalty right there. Yeah. No, there wasn't even any kind of podcast podcasting you know like it yeah. was just on your computer podcasting royalty <laughs> cunning minx yes we anoint thee oh absolutely yes uh, yeah so her, she uh does a podcast on sex positivity and polyamory and her co-panelist uh, dr liz powell ally moon and the fabulous bianca mccarthy who's one of the planners of the events that was a really great way to have a group discussion about the ideas that are introduced in Miss Fisher and maybe some of its shortcomings too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. I learned a lot. Yeah. In that session. Um, and so, yeah, Polly Amory Weekly is the podcast that Cunning Minx has done for 13 years. And she interviews people in polyamorous relationships. And she was talking about how much she has learned. And just like that has been such a good education for her, just interviewing people. That has to be. You just meet so many interesting people yeah. and hear so many stories. And uh, Dr. Liz, I went and looked at her website afterwards, mm-hmm. Sex Positivity, Sex Positive Psych. She's yeah. a licensed psychologist that specializes in non-traditional relationships. And it's like, I think we've learned a lot from Miss Fisher, but it's nice to be like, oh, I actually want to talk to a doctor <laughs> right. and like have these ideas supported with things that actually can help me in my life, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, and there. You know, there was actually two other panels, and I think I missed one, the panel about codes and ciphers. Oh, yeah. Uh, that turns out it was uh, being taught by, like, basically, like, a rock star of computer security, like John <laughs> Callis, who's someone who I don't know because I don't know anything about software and computers, but everyone else was like, oh, my God, John Callis is speaking at this con. But we unfortunately missed that. But yeah. we did get to go to the panel about uh, lock picking. Yes. Uh, that was surreptitious entry of locks and safes <laughs> with Deviant Olam. Um, he was great. Yeah. It's he... also nice, like, this year, the first year we had a few uh, self-identified men folk. But this was the first time there was a few more and there was a mm-hmm. few uh, presenters. Right. And he talked. he taught us how to pick a lock and to uh, open a safe. 
Yeah. Pretty much. He came around the room and like plunked down a bunch of sort of vintage looking keys on each table. And then I happened to be around well after the panel was done. And one of the employees from Embassy Suites came over and was like, I found this key. Is this anybody's? <laughs> and there's been like 200 keys. It opens my vintage chastity belt. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, that was, it was like everything, everything at this con was super fascinating and it seemed unexpected, but also totally within the tone and subject area that a Miss Fisher con should be. Yes. It took it all of these different directions. They all worked. They were all fascinating. They all will make me probably look at the show a little bit differently or like want to learn more about certain aspects. Well, clearly this fandom has people who have particular, particular areas of interest or expertise and they came forward and said we would like to do this Mm -hmm. and I think even the adventuresses were a little caught off guard this year of like oh my god there's so many amazing panels so if you're listening and you have an area of interest or expertise and you want to present please submit for next year yeah Um, because this was a really diverse panel Mm -hmm. of experts you know uh, Laura is not a PhD. She's a nurse, but she has this particular interest in vintage clothing and undergarments. And so she presented, and you know. last year she did like a secret presentation or not yeah, secret. Yeah, she did. She, she invited people to yeah, her hotel room to be like, here, let me teach you about my underpants. Yeah, she did. This sounds own, creepy, like... but that in the context of Miss Fisher, <laughs> right. totally fine. Yes. So, and then this year she was actually the kickoff. Yeah, she, she got was to present. The opening panel. So it really anybody can present um but please have it be something that uh, relates to the show and is well researched and well put together Mm -hmm. that was really a delight there was no like clunkers Mm -mm. there was everyone did great yeah um do we want to talk about Uh, anything else yes so we had a brief video from deb cox and fiona eager so they did like a little video card i don't know what you call it what do you call it like a video. They did like a five minute little like answered some questions yeah. and sent that as like a little, a little, like a video postcard to yeah, the con. Yeah, that's what it was. Just, that yeah. was really nice. I completely had forgotten that it had happened. Like there was so much awesome. <laughs> oh, there was so much stuff. That was while we were eating dinner. That was while we were, yeah, like there was a mastery. dinner. Yeah. And that was really fun to be acknowledged by them, I think. I mean, and they, it sounds like they've been very generous about yes. letting us celebrate their creation. Um, and so to include them was really nice. And yeah. They did say something about wanting to be there next year. So Ooh. we'll see, because that would be amazing. Let's keep this excitement going. I know. I think it will, because well, and the movie. And- yeah, if the movie, the movie either will come out. Oh, man, could it come out before the con? Or no, after it? I think they said, like, late in 2019. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be after. But... But... It, but... But... <laughs> <laughs> they are going to be uh, on the road trying to build... Excitement? excitement I feel like we are a part of that excitement. I think so. I think this con is the prime place for them to be. Yeah. So, Deb and Fiona, we'll see you next year. Awesome. You know, this... We got to live in this sort of, like... Feminist utopia, vintage-style paradise for a few days, and it was really nice. And, like, we talked about the hotel and everyone's mm-hmm. fashion, and that was just, like, such a great experience. The one thing I didn't get to mention is the Star Theater, which is where the burlesque show was. Actually, it was a historic theater. It was built in 1911, um, and it was, like, a, two blocks away from the hotel, yeah. which was really nice. Um, and I uh, am a history nerd sometimes, and before the show for myself, I went and looked at the history of this. It was built as a semi-fireproof picture show in 1911. Semi-fireproof picture show, which I'm sure was, like, complying with all the new fire codes at that time, right? (laughs) So you would not uh, be burned alive in a movie theater. Um, Semi. Semi. (laughs) And then it uh, became the Star Theater in 1939, and at some point was known as a burlesque theater. And it has a really fascinating history as a burlesque theater that I didn't know about. And I'm from Portland. Mm. And, like, Tempest Storm had performed there. And a lo- bunch of other sort of, like, really famous performers from the 1940s and 50s of burlesque. It was an awesome history to look up. Like, it seems so Miss Fisher. Like, yeah. 
the theater had temporarily closed because the mayor, who was a woman in Portland in the 50s, was like, none of this. We're done. <laughs> and then it reopened because, like, the chief of police was a big, huge fan of the burlesque star. And so I'm sure it, like, had some ties to organized crime no, and no the police way. and no. politics. <laughs> And, uh, like, I felt, it felt like such the perfect place. Like, the ghosts that were haunting that building were just the right ghost for us. It was, it was the perfect venue yeah. for this. And, yeah, the location, oh, my gosh, you had to walk, yeah. like, three minutes and you were there. Well, and we, you know, the fun about going to Miss Fisher Con is you also get to go to a new city. So, mm-hmm. like, we went to Vegas the first year. That's cool. It's Vegas. Um, and then, like, we got to go to Portland and do a few Portlandy things. Mm-hmm. Like, we snuck away and played pinball for a few <laughs> minutes, and we went and got the famous Voodoo Donuts yes. one night. Lots of people went to Powell's. Powell's Somehow bookstore. I didn't make it to Powell's. We were just blocks away. But yeah. Powell's is its own thing. That is a separate trip. It was a, a Franny Fisher fantasy camp. Yeah, it was. It was the Franny best camp Fisher? ever. I feel like that's where we should end. Okay. Franny Fisher fantasy camp? I will <laughs> Um, do we have a toast? I feel like I want to actually, can I, I want to toast to you, my uh, dear friend Mary, who ended up being thrown into being a burlesque co-producer who helped me so much. Thank you so much. So maybe this is to women helping women, friends helping friends, friends helping friends, friends because I was just like, okay, now go do this. (laughs) Now go get up on stage. Like... (laughs) Uh, yeah. Completely. And you were called Mark Holst, and your name oh is not gosh. Mark Holst. No, it's not Mark. There were so many people who came up to me later. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. <laughs> so, uh, cheers to you, Mark, <laughs> a new burlesque producer. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. And cheers to you. Thank you so much for being my partner in crime oh, on this adventure. And cheers to Chandler. Oh, Chandler. The, the ghost of Chandler who haunted the famous uh, Motnoma Hotel and the Star Theater. We felt your presence. Yes, we did. Cheers. is recording three <laughs> and four okay <laughs> oh and I see again I want to take a picture of this but <laughs> put it all there I'll take it okay I'll take that picture how many recording devices do we need all of them all of them all of them and more.